Welcome to the Bromley Adult Education College Digital Drop-In Podcast, getting you back to work with confidence. Hello, I'm Jill Collier and welcome to episode 12 of the Bromley Adult Education Digital Drop-In Podcast. Today I am joined by one of my students, Tracy Hall. Hello Tracy. Hello Jill. And Tracy has very kindly uh, agreed to do this, this podcast with me on preparing for an interview. Tracy hasn't actually had an interview for 14 years. She very successfully worked in the travel industry and for various reasons things uh, have gone more online with the travel industry and Tracy's looking to change her career slightly. So is going to start needing to search for jobs and indeed hopefully be successful in going for interviews and that can be quite a a scary quite a scary thought when you haven't actually attended an interview for a long time so tracy what would you say if i said you've got an interview coming up tomorrow what would you say would be the most scary thought to you of tomorrow now preparing for it i suppose um checking the information that you're going to need to know before you go for the interview um, making sure even something silly like what to wear because obviously having not worked for a while um, I'd have to even make sure I've got something to wear prepare myself mentally um, yeah just um, wondering what's going to happen I don't I don't like I like to know what's going on yes. <laughs> I suppose uh, that's that's the worst fear so it's kind of the fear of the unknown isn't yeah, it definitely. not knowing what's going to happen when mm. you get in there and that's a very, very common fear. If we just backtrack a little bit, the first thing I think you said was what to wear. Yeah. <laughs> and that, again, is a very, very valid question. It would depend on the type of job you were going for and the type of position, the type of company. So, so many variables there. I think what I would say is dress office dress has become more casual um, but I would dress sort of smart casual for an interview I don't think you can be overdressed for an interview I think to come in looking like you're smart and ready to do business is better than than coming in underdressed so I think if I were I would err on the side of being slightly smarter rather than not so smart Um, I've dealt with many companies over the years and I I noticed the kind of um, the music industry, they were wearing jeans and t-shirts years ago. I would then go on to my next customer, which would maybe be a bank, and they would all be in three-piece suits. So there's always been an anomaly, but I think I would always err on the side of caution and, and make sure you, you look reasonably smart. Um, with regards of what you're going to need to know on the day, I think as we've discussed previously, there isn't a a script for an interview. 
And if you were going for an interview in a very small company, their interview process would have evolved very differently than going into an interview in a corporate organisation where maybe it's just their HR department that dictates how an interview um, proceeds and sometimes you don't even see the people you'd be working for until you've maybe got through two interviews and HR think you're right for the company and then you would see potentially the people you would work with. So there can be real differences there. What you're going to need on the day is is a very good question and again I would recommend with regards to the actual company um, actually finding out as much as you can about them. Um, Do you have any ideas how you might be able to find out up-to-date information on a company? You can Google it on the internet. Google it, very good idea. Ask other people uh, for their opinions and information they might know. Um, Yeah, internet would probably be my first. I think it would mine as well. Yeah, I think I would go, as you say, Google them. And sometimes there's, again, depending on the company, there could be reviews or something. but then look at their website and also, de- depending on the size of their company, maybe look at their Twitter account or their Facebook or, as I say, it does depend on the type of company. Mm. And if they're quite sales orientated, you might find something they've just literally put out the night before or the day before. So you can so say something more current, yeah. Absolutely. So then when you're in the interview, you can say, oh, I see you just won the account with ABC Company. Um, you know, is that going to be exciting for you? Or, and it shows you've put the, the effort in to yeah. see about them. Mm. So you can often get more current information from their socials. Um, some companies actually do, if you look on their website, they do actually, or you don't even have to look on their website, you can Google them and say, preparing for a job at, and I I pluck Sainsbury's out, not because um, they're any better or any worse, but I know for sure they have a section on their website, what to do if you're coming in for an interview oh, okay. with us. And, and it just goes through what you can expect on the day, mm. which I think, it's amazing because there is this fear, isn't there, of going in and not knowing what to expect. Yeah. So um, oh, that's good. So yes, sometimes if it's a sizable company, there will be a whole section on their website as to how they think the day or the, the session will pan out. I think we worry about what they're going to ask us you equally need to put some effort into what are you going to ask them. So if you've looked at the the job spec and you feel it's within your capabilities, there still might be questions from that. So when they say, you know, is there anything you want to know about us? That's when you can ask, you know, you might say, well, I looked at the job spec and it said, you, you know, you do this in the day. Could you give me a bit more information as to, you know, which software you use or, you know, how much of my day that would be just to, 
again shown you've sort of interacted and there's nothing worse than sitting there and saying nothing. Yes, definitely. That's just slightly worse than sitting there and saying too much. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is no answer. No. Um, you know, people either tend to babble and say too much or sit there like a rabbit in the headlights mm. and say nothing. And like anything, it's experience. The more you do, the more comfortable you become with an interview. And I think, as I alluded to before, um, every company will do things very differently. So you can't think, well, because I went for an interview at that company, that's how it's going to be. Yeah, I'd agree with that because years and years ago, even in the travel industry, just one company that I went for an interview with, I wasn't prepared in the sense of I turned up and I had to do tests and I'd never been asked to do tests before on other companies, which was quite unusual. And then every other interview after that, I was worried that they were going to do the same thing. And then I had to do a role play, um, which really was putting me on the spot. So um, I, I think, uh, yeah, definitely uh, everyone's going to be completely different so and that is great that you have that experience mm. under your belt and just because it's a few years ago um, you can pull it out the bag mm. yes my fear is is role play you you know it, it's something that can put you on on the spot mm. and if that's something that you don't like you know make sure you've done lots of practice with a family member if it's test you don't quite know what's going to come up mm. but if it says a good working knowledge of Word and Excel, for example, then that's probably, if they're going to give you a test, make sure you have got a good yeah. working <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> and I think what you have to remember is they're not looking to trick you. No. They're not looking to make it uncomfortable for you. They're just looking to see whether you can do what they are going to require. Yeah. So for example, role play, that's probably, was it because it was going to be a... a, a it was a, a dealing with a difficult customer, which I totally understand. I just wasn't prepared for it. I'd never been asked in another interview to do it. So, um, But that's perfectly logical, yeah, isn't it? If it you're is, going to be dealing with yeah. customers, you're going to get difficult ones. Mm, definitely. <laughs> so why wouldn't they put you yeah. in that position? It just threw me because it had never happened before. So now, I, I suppose, in a way, if I do go for one, it's something that I'd have in the back of my mind that perhaps that would do if, if the role involved customer service, for example. Absolutely, yes. Um, and that, that could be a distinct possibility, wouldn't it? Mm. Or even, you know, uh, you know, like hospital jobs where you're, you're going in as a, you know, in the, there's a caring community, again, you're gonna get, difficult patients aren't you so it is something that just I guess we're trying to see if you could think on your feet yeah whereas the tests that again were a little bit unnerving that was probably to see if you would be able to use their software um, and again in different um, sectors there is bespoke software that you would have to use that they probably wouldn't expect you to know, mm. but they want to see if you are capable of using a computer. Yeah. I mean, in the travel industry, you probably had quite a bespoke system. Yes, there was bespoke systems, yes. yeah. And again, there is in education, in mm. schools, um, in the again, in the health sector. Yeah, they've um, all got their own systems, which you, you 
don't have any access to them until you start working there. So it's very hard to um, be able to get further in an interview when you haven't had the experience of using that system. But hopefully the fact you've used other systems will show them that you can use various You're absolutely systems. right. The amount of my students that want to work um, school hours term time mm. that's quite limiting to working in a school really mm. and schools do use very specific in software. In-house systems yeah. And so many jobs will say experience needed in yeah. but there is no dummy system that no, you can go you online go and, and on, practice. No. And you can't book yourself a course on something like that either. You it has can't. to be in-house experience for something like that. Absolutely so all they're really looking to do is to think well they don't know our actual system, but if they can use these other products, mm. then they're probably going to be able to, you know, transfer yeah, transfer that knowledge. Um, so, preparing for an interview, you know, you're saying you don't know the questions that are going to come up, and there is no magic wand. You are never going to know the questions that are going to come up. But what we can do is make sure we've got prepared statements in our minds that if they ask we don't just look at them blankly or try and blabber out some incoercive you know information so one of the questions that quite often comes up is tell me about yourself and you can't just answer oh there's not much to say really you know you've got to come up with something yeah and when they are saying, tell me about yourself, they're not interested that you've got a dog named Patch. They want to know what can you tell them that would be of interest to them for the job that you are applying for. Mm -hmm. So if you were applying for a, an administrative job using Excel, for example, then you can say, well, I've worked in this industry for many years. We used this product, that product. Uh, I'm very familiar with using spreadsheets, databases, and give maybe an example of what you did with them. That's the sort of question that you can kind of bank the answer. Mm. And the easiest way to do it is to imagine someone's going to ask you that question literally type or write the answer out and record it and yeah. play it when you're walking around just play it back to yourself so it's there so it's there and it's a banked script. to memory yeah. banked to memory absolutely <laughs> because although afterwards you'll think oh i missed that middle sentence out they don't you've know you've missed that you've still got some of it out yeah you've got some of it out and you might have to tweak it slightly mm. they might not say tell me about yourself they might say can you tell me any relevant experience you've or got? Or give you a scenario and ask you, what would you do in this situation? Absolutely. What have you done in this what situation? What have you yeah. done in this situation? So you're absolutely right. If you've got that um, comfort factor of knowing you've prepared a couple of statements in your head, you know, you can listen to them on the train, the bus, the tube, as you're going there. You know, I always record things on my phone. Um, yeah, it's a good idea, then yeah. You know, write them out first so that you know it's factually correct and it sounds, it's well worded, it sounds something that would make sense. Then 
say it out loud and even the act of saying it out loud because sometimes we say it in our head but then when we say it out loud we realize it doesn't sound quite right mm. so play it to somebody play it to a family member a friend and say does this sound okay and they need to give constructive criticism not yeah that's fine <laughs> or oh that sounds funny they need to if they can give some yeah. constructive criticism and it will just be a way of having something familiar within you that you know about. The other question that you get asked quite a lot in an interview is what are your weaknesses or what is your main weakness? And I think of an interview as a sales process, like a CV is a sales process. So you need to be careful how you answer a question like that. Mm. Um, you don't want to say anything that's going to put them off you like, well, if any of my children are ill, I just, I have no support. So it's always going to be me that stops yeah. at home. They'd think, oh, you know, yeah. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I know you're not in that position. Your no. children are grown up, but um, you know, you don't want to say something or, um, oh, I love going out at night, so it and can then be a they bit think you're not going to be reliable. Yeah, that's it. It's going to be a bit tricky to make it in for nine, but I'll always be in for ten. It's that's got to be something negative that turns positive. You are absolutely yeah. right, Tracy. Absolutely right. One of the um, in the courses we run, one of the options I ask people to think about is along the lines of, I know. I too readily say yes. When people ask me to do work, I say yes, although in my head, I know I've got too much work already, but I say yes because I don't want to disappoint anybody. And then the timescale might be too long. So I know I need to work on being open and honest and saying, I will willingly do this for you, but it might be a one, two week delay because I've got so much on. Yeah. Happy to take it on, or do you know somebody else if you need it immediately? Can you think of somebody else in the team yeah, that might to turn be able? It around. Yeah. yeah. So, say you're working on almost being a people pleaser and saying yes to everyone, but you recognise that you're saying yes too often. Yeah. And you know, so something like that, it's a weakness, but it's a weakness you've recognised and you're trying yeah. to turn around. Yeah, definitely. So finding something um, like that, sometimes, and this is more in the analytical field, it's not, it, you know, it's not always, but sometimes they'll ask you a question that's not related to the job at all. It might be, um, how many pennies would you need if you wanted to stack them up the side of Big Ben? <laughs> I don't know how many pennies I'd need to stack yeah. up the side of Big, Pen, Big Ben. All they want to see is you your kind of process for working that out mm. so i would say i'm afraid i don't know off the top of my head how tall is big ben do you know how tall big ben is mm. and if they say no i don't fine say well we'll need to check it if they do then you say oh okay so if big ben is so many centimeters yeah. meters tall all i would need to do is find out you know the depth of a penny and multiply it to find that answer they don't want you to give the exact answer. They just want to see if how they, you work. Exactly. Yeah. How, if they give you... Would it flummox you or would you find a way around it? Yes, mm. to see exactly how you would think it out. 
And as I say, there's nothing wrong in saying to them, don't know how tall Big Ben is. Do you know how tall it is? Mm. If they're used to asking that question, they may very well. Mm. If they say no, they don't either. I suppose they would say that given that they would know that people would prepare for them asking certain questions and that would be... Throw uh, somebody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes that happens. But as I say, that's more when they need to see your analytical skills. But as we say, there is no, there is no particular process for an interview. Um, it goes without saying, prepare yourself physically if you are going in for an interview the next day. I know it's a tall order, but try and get to bed early and get to sleep. I mean, a little miss anxious here, my stomach would be going round the night yeah. before. <laughs> um, so I know it's a tall order just to say, well, go and have an early night and have a nice restful sleep. But, you know, don't sort of have a bottle of wine to try and <laughs> knock you out. And then, then you're going to wake up in the middle of the night. You know, yeah. it's, it's just trying to prepare. And again, how you are going to get to this interview. Um, if you are having an interview in Beckenham or Pets Wood, it might be very different as to having an interview in North London. Okay, it's parking, public transport, whether anything's going on that day, the effects of the weather on the public transport and the roads. You just don't know, do you? So you've you, got all if that you plan, <laughs> at least you've, you've planned to a certain degree. And if anything happens on the day, you're a bit more prepared for it, I suppose. You're absolutely right. What is that saying? Um, fail to plan, no, plan, oh, I can't remember. It will come to me. Um, so yes, if you're going to be taking public transport, I would consider looking at all the apps available, such as, I mean, I use City Mapper a lot, and you can just, it just picks up where you are now, and you say where you want to go. Um, leaving now, and it's generally no, I'm going to be leaving, you know, if I need to be at an interview at nine o'clock, I think I would say I need to be there at eight o'clock. Yeah. And no, I'm going to be leaving tomorrow and I need to arrive. You can sort of override it and say I need to arrive at eight o'clock. Mm. Um, and it will tell you what time trains to get um, and things like that. There's Google Maps that again do something uh, pretty similar. You can say whether you're driving, walking, uh, taking public transport. You can even do the street view, can't you? So you can familiarise yourself perhaps with the building, what it looks like, where the entrance is, something as silly as that. Brilliant so idea. So you don't think, oh, I don't even know where I'm going or what I'm looking for. So That's a brilliant yeah. idea. I went for something miles away, well not miles away, but in Colchester, and it happened to be, this is about 10 or 11 years ago, when we had that awful winter of snow, and I'd done just that. I'd Googled to see what the actual place looked like. So there I was in all this snow, and, um, and then, yeah, mm. I recognised it from the picture I'd seen, so that kind of gave me hope. Yeah. Um, so yes, you're absolutely right. Having a good idea, I mean, frankly, if it was in Beckenham or Pets Wood, I probably would drive there the day before at the same sort of time so that I got a feel for... The traffic and things, yeah. I would. Mm. But if it was in London and you were taking transport, as I say, I just allow for the fact that the train you thought you were going to get could be cancelled mm. or diverted. So if you kind of aim to get there 
much earlier. The worst that can happen is you have to go and sit and have a coffee somewhere. Yeah, but that's better. <laughs> Definitely better. And then again, if you've got earphones, you can listen to your pre-recordings of what you might say. Mm. Um, fail to prepare, then you will prepare to fail. That go. is what it is. <laughs> yes. Fail to prepare and then you're preparing to fail. That was in your bank of memories. It, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere it came back to me. Yes. Um, so to me, the overriding thing is to prepare for an interview because if you really do go into it completely blindly, you are not going to come over as your best self. Mm. So looking at all these options will really help you and facing rejection is, is a natural, none of us like to say you haven't been selected, no. but the reality is it's going to happen. We can't all go through life with a faultless record, especially if we've gone for jobs that are a little bit outside of our area of expertise because we want to just see what happens. Or a changing career like, like what I'm going to be doing. So, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So you're not going to get every interview you go for. But you've got to recognise that actually you're winning to have even got that interview. Mm. The experience of the interview as well. Absolutely. Yeah. The experience of the interview is priceless. You cannot buy that skill any other way. Mm. You can go on courses and courses that will prepare you, but until you're actually in that room, seeing how they run their interview process, yeah. um, it, it's just down to experience. And if you don't do something for a long time, you're you're out of you know out of that kind of bubble of of, of keep putting yourself out comfort there. Comfort zone, yeah. You're so out of your comfort mm. zone. So I always say if you're lucky enough to get an interview, you've won it. You've won the fact that you are going to be privy to this time with somebody and just getting back used to having an interview. Mm. If you then don't get it, fine. You didn't get it, but you got that experience. Yeah. And it's not always but often, if you contact them and say, you know, obviously you were disappointed you didn't get the feedback, job. Feedback, yeah. May you have some feedback. If it's um, certainly a company that's gone through HR, they will be able to feedback very easily. Some of the smaller companies might not, but hopefully they will be honest enough to tell you. And in most cases, they will. You know whether they just what they felt, you didn't have enough experience. Yeah, I have had that before. I've had that with one company where they did give me feedback, um, So, and I found it really useful. So yeah, I didn't take it offensively. The reason they gave was a valid reason. So um, it was helpful because it wasn't that um, I wasn't suitable. It's something that uh, we'd had a, an armed robbery uh, where I worked, and at this particular job, I would be working in a shop by myself uh, for periods of time, and they were worried that in that situation it would be uh, difficult for me. Yes. So they liked they they would have given me the job. They just felt that in that situation it was going to be difficult for me to be uh, left alone yes. in a shop. So. That, yeah, and, and so that so it was it yes. was reassuring because yes. I did well at the interview, and they yes. they said that yes. it was just th an aspect of what had happened previously. They felt it wouldn't that particular job wasn't going to be suitable for me. Yes, 
And what you've got to remember saying that is sometimes, and I've had this with many of my students and friends, is you may apply for a job you don't get, but then they come back to you. Mm. A friend of mine applied for a, a teaching assistant job, which she didn't get. Um, but then a few months later, they came back and said, we didn't give you the one in that year because mm. we didn't feel you had the right experience, but ne we loved you. Yeah. Now a position has come up in this other mm. section of the school. No interview needed. Will you take the job? No, she was like, yes. Yeah. And you know, so if people like you, they will kind of keep you on the back burner mm. and something else might come up. The other thing with being rejected for an interview is sometimes, and you know, it's, it's unfair, but sometimes a job has to be advertised for fairness, but unless somebody walks through the door that is so amazingly super- All bells and whistles, yeah. <laughs> they've got somebody in mind yeah. in-house. Yeah. And Again, that's sometimes what you've got to bear in mind. That happens quite a lot, I think, doesn't it, in larger companies. So uh, they have to uh, advertise it externally, yes, don't they? They do. But to be seen to be fair, and as I say, it's it's not that everybody's a waste of time because there might just be that person that mm. walks in that um, will fit the bill. But a lot of the time, you know, there's already been internal applications yeah. and they're just looking around to see if anything else would, 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 would work out better. Mm. If not, I shouldn't say the devil you know, but you know, yeah. the person they know with all their quirks, they know what they're getting mm. with that person. Yeah. So there is lots of reasons why you might be rejected and- Don't take it personally. Absolutely. And carry on. Keep, <laughs> yeah, and then move on to the next. Yeah. And again, applying for jobs you don't have to exclusively apply for one and wait for the feedback from that you can be applying for lots of jobs mm. and a friend of mine did that just well just before Christmas um, they had applied for several jobs and they got the answer from one job that they'd been successful so they quite legitimately went to the other job that they were also very keen on and said I've been offered a job um, when is your decision-making process going to be um, at a point where we know what's going on? Otherwise, I will accept this job. And that, again, can focus companies because yeah. they might think, oh, the one I really She's wanted. She's very popular. It's <laughs> gone, absolutely, or it's gonna go yeah. if we don't step on it. Because again, if you've got a very structured company, they may have dates and times that they will adhere to. Yeah. If it's a little company that's really busy, and I've worked in these, I've said, you know, we'll get back to you next week. And by next week, I'm thinking, oh, haven't even looked at all of those, mm. um, all of that again. I must get onto it. And sometimes somebody emailing me and saying, oh, I haven't had any feedback Prompting yet. Prompting you, yeah. I will say, I am so, so sorry. You're absolutely right. I told you this week, I'm mm. going to need another couple of days. Mm. And I think, wow, she's good. She's actually yeah. come back to me. She's taking the initiative. Taking to, yeah. the initiative. So sometimes even the best laid plans, if you're busy doing your job, you don't actually have time to do what you, you wanted to do to get that other position filled. So, you know, it, it can go in all different ways. So, um, there's nothing to stop you applying for as many jobs as you can. It's a numbers game. Mm. Apply for as many as you feel you possibly can. 
looking for a job is a full-time job mm. and then any interviews you get great just think great this is an interview I an don't opportunity. care yeah it's yeah. an opportunity to experience what goes on in that company and if you don't get the one great move on to the next one yeah. So it's a big wide world out there, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and it is it is scary getting back into the It is, yeah. It's definitely very scary. Even just the application process, which is what I'm just starting at the moment, just getting myself in the right frame of mind first. Um, I'm lucky that I don't I'm not urgently looking for a job, so just uh yeah, I'll just carry on. <laughs> that is um, that is the you know the right approach to have, and just kind of keep going with it. So, um, do you think now you can go away and maybe prepare for some of these questions so that you do feel a little bit more confident? Yes, going definitely. In? Yeah, um, you've reminded me of, of various different things to to look at. So um, and bear in mind. So yeah, I definitely would do that. That's good. Well, I do sincerely thank you for your own time, Tracy. It's no been problem. very kind of you to, to spend this time with me. Fine. And, um, and I wish you every success. Thank you. I hope it helps someone else. <laughs> I'm sure it will. People <laughs> listening to this, they're just going to be on buses, you know, going for interviews themselves or thinking about stepping into that big wide world. Yeah. It will. So I really do sincerely thank you for your time. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, Tracy. Bye-bye. For help with all your job searching needs, do visit one of our digital drop-in venues. On a Monday, we are open 12.30 to 3.30pm at our Poveris Centre. And on a Tuesday, we are open 10am to 2pm at our Kentwood Centre. In our sessions, we offer free use of computers for job searching, advice on creating a winning CV, plus lots of short training courses to gain skills in the digital world. This podcast has been produced by Bromley Adult Education College. For full details of how we can support your return to work, visit our website www.baec.ac.uk and search for Digital Drop. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications of new episodes.